Welcome to Folk Roots Radio. I'm Jan Hall. All the best in Folk Roots Americana, singer-songwriters and blues, and artist interviews. On Folk Roots Radio, we're all about the music and the people that make it. Now, coming up on this episode, we're joined by Métis musician Douglas Richard Sinclair, who joins us to chat about Ontario's The Red River Ramblers, a wonderful trio who are dedicated to reviving the Manitoba Métis fiddle tradition. It's a great interview, and we also include tunes from their debut album, Métis Fiddle Music. We also check out more of the latest new releases, and this time around, we check out music from Grace Potter, Lynn Hansen, Rod Abernethy, Artists for Peace and Justice, and they feature Jackson Brown, Rumor Mill, and Forest Sun. And we're starting off this way. This is Edmonton, Alberta's Peter Stone and Denise Mackay as Hundred Mile House with Worth the Wait, a meditation on the couple's struggle to have children and their joy to find out that it's finally happening. And that's from their upcoming album, Love and Leave You. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. Waiting for that day to come The war was lost, no battles won Waiting for the cavalry We found the strength for one more round This old sluggery ain't going down One more shot making it I wondered if we'd ever meet Took your time, but your mom and me We don't mind you were so late You were worth the wait I hope you get to spend your time Meeting this world with your heart open wide Despite the being it might take Hope you never feel the burn That I need something in return It's all unconditional I hope you get to fall in love Feel that moment when they're gone Someone irreplaceable Like that woman you called We'd ever meet. You took your time, but your mom and me, we don't mind you were so. You were worth the You get to fight with words Stand your ground, make sure you're heard But always listen twice as loud As you would ever shout 
hope you get to realize This home you've joined's been standing by Waiting patiently The cat's the dog, your mama and me I wondered if we'd ever meet You took your time, but your mama and me we don't mind you were so late We've been counting down the days You were worth the wait I don't care about pride I don't care, I want to call you I don't care, I've gone off the rails I'm crazy falling for you Well, I promised him I would never stray But I'm thinking about you every day Now I'm standing here outside your door I just can't fight this anymore Love is said I was a saint I never said I'd be his savior I never say I didn't try to fight against my human nature I let the past and future fall away I will worship these wounds every day yeah the cuts that bleed from my mistakes couldn't keep my heart from giving way
gonna leave her I like faith Been a true believer In what I learned You wanna get to heaven Gotta take the higher ground Well, I've been a winner I've been a loser I've accepted I've been a refuser And what I learned You wanna get to heaven Gotta take the higher ground Feel your will break and Take the higher ground Feel your heart ache and Take the higher ground Feel your soul shake and Take the higher ground Well, I've been different I've been the same Sought forgiveness I ended out blame And what I learned You wanna get to heaven Gotta take the higher ground Feel your will break and Take the higher ground This is Lizzie Hoyt, and you are listening to the fabulous Folk Roots Radio with Jan Hall.
Welcome back to Folk Roots Radio. You're listening to Rod Abernethy from North Carolina with the guitar instrumental Lucky Seven. That's from his double album, one featuring songs and the other all guitar instrumentals. It's entitled The Man I'm Supposed to Be. And that tune is all about catching seven fish on the same lucky day. Before that, Lynn Hansen with Higher Ground from her forthcoming album, Just Words. And that lands in February, at the same time as a book of Lynn's poetry. Now, you can find a great interview with Lynn on our website at folkrootsradio.com. We also heard from Grace Potter with the confessional song, Love is Love. That's from her second album, Daylight, which was recorded after a turbulent four-year period and a painful divorce during which she questioned whether she would ever make another record. But life has moved on. She settled into a new life with a new love, writing partner and producer Eric Valentine. And that's really allowed her artistic vision to take flight once again. Next up, Douglas Richard Sinclair joins us to chat about the music of the Red River Ramblers. But before we get there, from their debut album, Matey Fiddle Music, this is their version of Wigwam Polka. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall.
That's the Red River Ramblers with Wigwam Polka from their new album, Matey Fiddle Music. Now, Matey banjo player and guitarist Douglas Richard Sinclair started the Southern Ontario-based Red River Ramblers in the hope of reviving Manitoba Matey fiddle music. To learn more about the band and their music, we're pleased to welcome Douglas Richard Sinclair to Folk Roots Radio. It's great to have you join us today. Thank you very much, Jan. It's uh, great to be on the show. So tell us about the new band. You must be pretty excited about this venture. Oh, I'm very excited. Yeah, it feels uh, it feels like I found my home in this project. So Stephen and I have been friends for many years uh, since our youth, and uh, we played in several bands together. But uh, I feel that we finally found a music project that we can put our heart and soul into. So tell us about your own background. You are Métis, and I think you have family connections to Manitoba, is that right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So I am a Métis citizen of the Métis Nation, and uh, my ancestry goes back to the Red River Settlement in Western Canada in general. So tell us a little bit about getting into music. I mean, you're a banjo player and a guitarist, and you basically have worked on developing that Métis style. Tell us a little bit about how you got started. Yeah. So, uh, you know, through my youth, I started taking uh, guitar lessons at the age of nine, and uh, I taught for a number of years at a music studio that I now manage. Uh, but I'm also a student at U of T, so I study there and I work at the same time. Uh, and I'm in actually in essentially uh, like web design and graphic design, so something very different. But around 2014, I started to get into folk music uh, out of sort of a necessity to find an art that I can express myself with that was accessible to me. Uh, a lot of the times when I had other music projects that kind of required, you know, more infrastructure, like rock music. It was always these different barriers that I had to get through to make it possible. And so I started to, you know, get into a little bit more of a folk tradition playing. Uh, and uh, I found that I had a lot less resistance. Things started to move quicker. It felt very natural. And I formed uh, actually a band with Stephen, who's a percussionist in the, the Red River Ramblers, called Dayfoot, which is named after his uh, last name, his family. And uh, we made a record and you know, that band lasted for about a year, but things continued to change. And uh, now here we are today. So getting into, you know, specifically Métis music, was that right. something you were really brought up with as well? I mean, you mentioned, you know, you ex- thought about lots of different genres and styles, you know, before you started to move to, to folk. Uh, when yeah. did you decide that you really wanted to to become, you know, really known as a Métis musician and promoting Certainly. the the Métis history. So I've always liked a variety of uh, music genres, uh, you know, and I, I tend to separate uh, the music styles that I play uh, from what I listen to because there's lots of music styles that I listen to, but I don't necessarily play or create in those styles. When I first got into banjo, I kind of came into it through the lens of my friend who thought that folk music might be a good option for us you know, just sort of rely on each other and not have to have a full band and uh, all that sort of setup. So, you know, kind of something that's more minimalist, if you will. Through that lens, he was kind of showing me some of the more, I guess you would say, indie folk, perhaps, like uh, the Avid Brothers and things like that. From there, that kind of projected me onto this path uh, where from there I kind of said, okay, well, what what's behind this? I want to learn a little bit more about, uh, you know, what came before this style or what influenced these artists. Uh, you know, I grew up listening to John Denver, Johnny Cash. I like I love a lot of old timey country music. When I started to get into banjo, that opened my ears to old time fiddle tunes and Appalachian music. And from there, I kind of just 
flew with it. Uh, I remember one day I walked into a music shop in Rockwood at that time called Music in the Wood, uh, run by Hugh Hunter. Uh, and uh, I was just curious as to what banjos he had because I, at that time, I had purchased a Good Time During Two uh, from a basement apartment in Toronto that I found in Kijiji, just kind of on a whim. I'm like, oh, I, I want to check out banjo, right? And so I picked it up, and uh, I, you know, I started to play a little bit, but I wanted to see, okay, there's a local guy here. He's making banjos. I really like, you know, artisan built things. You know, people who put their craft or love into what they do. From there, it just kind of really took off. I ended up purchasing a banjo from Hugh, actually the very first banjo that he ever built. Uh, it was his personal banjo that he played, but he entrusted it to me, which I still feel very flattered for the, to this day. And from there, I kind of started to discover the Toronto old-time scene, uh, like the Foggy Hogtown Boys, uh, more bluegrass, I guess, but also the Lonesome May String Band and all those projects. I've seen uh, the Lonesome May String Band, I don't know, maybe over 20 times. When I go to the shows, they wave to me, so there's an indication there. Uh, but I really love their work. And then so from there, I started to learn a lot of Appalachian music, American old-time fiddle tunes. And then I kind of decided, okay, well, where can I find my path within this tradition? What can I do uh, to offer something unique and interesting to this style of music? And so I kind of just had to look at myself and think, okay, well, what, what are my connections to this community, let's just say in the broader scheme of things, uh, traditional music, right? And so from there, I kind of tried to think, okay, well, what are the Canadian styles, right? I wanted to find something that was distinct. And then I started to get these ideas in my head of what I could do with this style. And uh, I kind of started to listen to Métis fiddle music more so. And I, I really enjoyed the aspects of it with sort of the crooked time and all these things that make it distinct. A lot of the tunes are, you know, uh, sort of arranged differently from what I envision. So that's where I aim to make my own impression into that style is to kind of change the arrangement and the structure of the songs and to emphasize certain things and stay true to certain things, but at the same time also uh, innovate certain things. So there are eight tracks on the Métis Fiddle Music album, the, the new album. Uh, how did you choose the tunes for the album itself? Funny that you asked that. Uh, the, one of the first ones that I ever envisioned for uh, this music was Wigwam Polka. Uh, when I first heard that uh, fiddle tune originally recorded by Andy Desjardins, it was something that struck me. Um, I really liked the interesting melody of it. And one of the things that first caught my ear uh, was the use of the hand drum at the very beginning. But the tune is much faster and the hand drum only lasts the first few bars and it cuts out. And my first instinct when I heard that was like, oh, that seems abrupt. I was like, I kind of wanted to keep hearing that, right? So I had envisioned a, ver a version of it where we would slow it right down and include the hand drum and the percussive element all of the way through the music. Because one of the key things to understand with Métis fiddle and what makes it distinct is the mixture of uh, French and Scottish fiddle tradition, but also with First Nations dance and rhythms. That's sort of what makes that style distinct. All the fiddle traditions are sort of linked together right in a way right they're all connected but what makes it distinct is this sort of ethnogenesis of these elements pretty interesting i, I gotta say i really love it there is something very warm about this matey fiddle style of playing yeah um you. you know it it, it i i guess you know you you just said you know that you know scottish and french fiddle i mean that they're, they're all you know party music i mean you know yeah. you just have to go to the east coast to see how 
you know, Absolutely. how that music has developed up there. But I, I think you, you're doing a really wonderful thing with this. And, you know, one of the things in the information you send out, you, you, you know, you put really prominently, I mean, your hope is to see if you can try and revive things. And I wanted to give you a chance to talk about that side of thing, about, you know, yeah. this is obviously a passion that you've moved into, you know, you've, you know, that this is something that, you know, just talking to you today really feels like something you should be doing. But can we talk yeah. a little bit about uh, your passion for reviving this uh, type of music? Yeah, absolutely. So to me, uh, you know, it's it's important for everyone to understand the history that's behind this country. And I think that uh, for a lot of people within Métis communities, they've grown up with this style of music. They're very aware of it. For a lot of Canadians in general, they don't really understand the culture behind what makes the music distinct and the people distinct. Uh, so for that in itself is sort of a large part of the passion for what I'm trying to do with the music. I feel a responsibility to try and, uh, you know, share the story that I have uh, and also continue to uphold the legacy of my ancestry and also to, uh, you know, find a, a creative outlet. I spent a lot of time playing, you know, uh, in cover bands, doing old timey country and learning a lot of other people's music, I guess, sort of in a jazz idiom where you take standards and you kind of arrange them in your own way. This is kind of my way of finding my own creative outlet through that culture, right? Passing it down and giving it sort of a new, fresh uh, sound, right? A lot of uh, uh, Métis bands out West will sometimes play with, you know, full drum kit, electric bass, all these different things, but I kind of wanted to change instrumentation. As far as I can find, uh, there aren't, aren't really very many, if not any, uh, Métis banjo player specifically. Uh, and I'm also trying to sort of develop my own style on the guitar as well. Uh, and that I hope will make it unique, but also a large part of it too is the percussive element and the stripped down sort of rootsy, more earthy arrangement to the, to the band. So let's talk about the band and the recording of the album. You mentioned uh, Stephen Dayfoot, I think. He plays hand drum, spoons, yeah. and assorted percussion. I always love it when you, yeah. you know, spoons gets mentioned by itself, but then the assorted yeah. percussion. Whatever's laying around, right? Like, uh, I think uh, there are certain uh, elements that kind of lend themselves to the style naturally, right? Like spoons are, you know, definitely used in a lot of uh, fiddle traditions. Uh, the hand drum is selectively, uh, as of course, as we were talking about in the original recording of Wigwam Polka, you can hear the hand drum in there, but it kind of gets cut out right right away. Uh, and so we we first started out with just the hand drum, and then we started to think, okay, well, what other what other sort of sounds can we add to this, or what other things can we do to make this interesting while still keeping it minimalist and simple, you know? But what else can we add? So the bass drum was a was a pretty a good one just kind of carries the low end and uh, the hand drum is another interesting sound that gives it a little bit more bass as well and it's funny when we perform and steven will switch to the spoon sometimes even mid-song people just go crazy they love they love that it just adds so much energy he also uses uh, a shaker and or a foot tambourine on his other foot you know, he's trying to uh, come up with a variety of different sounds. And we talk about that all the time. What else can we incorporate or what can we add to this? You know, we probably don't want to go to the length of having a full drum set, but, um, you know, we're willing to experiment and try different things. 
Now, I think the fiddle player on the album is not the fiddle player that you have in the band just now. Is that right? Tell us a little bit about the making of the album, and then yeah. we'll steer into the current format of the band. Certainly. So, uh, you know, I had had this vision uh, for this project for, I think, at least a year or two before it actually started to come together. So I, I had had this concept in my head. I approached Stephen about uh, starting together, and actually one of the... Uh, instructors at the studio that I manage uh, named Pierre. He's a young guy. He was only 18 at the time. When we first met, he started teaching music at the studio. And uh, I had asked him if he was interested. He grew up more actually on the East Coast, but he was very familiar with fiddle music. Where I live in Holton Hills, unfortunately, there's not a very large pool of musicians. So it was kind of uh, a bit of a, uh, a rarity to find someone like him that was you know close to us that we could sort of start to play music together. Uh, and so we shared that passion. We were lucky to have him there at that time. And uh, we started to work, I think, in February of 2019. We got together and started to play tunes. And I kind of explained to them the arrangements and the vision that I had for it. And uh, from that time period, we started to arrange the tunes and practice them. We did a DIY music video. Uh, I rented a cabin for, I think, $90 for the day. Uh, and we did a little DIY music video of Whiskey Before Breakfast. And from there, we were able to... Uh, acquire five gigs that summer. Then we worked towards uh, making the record, I believe on July 22nd. And that's when you went to to work with John Dinsmore at Lincoln County Social Club, right? In Toronto? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'd recorded there once before with another uh, band with Stephen. Yeah, we loved it. John's an excellent, uh, an excellent engineer, a great person to have around. He makes the work process go really well. So Pierre Arsenault was the original fiddler. Now you have a new fiddler in the band now, right? Yes, that's correct. So Pierre, him being 18, he was on his way uh, to school. So he's actually studying in a music program at Fanshawe in London, Ontario. And so because he wasn't able to commit to playing in the band this time while he's at school, uh, we started to look for another fiddler. And uh, we were very open and, uh, you know, we understood exactly what we were getting into. He was very understanding and... Uh, you know, we've also encouraged him to try and find other projects to work on. I like having sort of that open source style in the bands. It makes it uh, better for everyone because you'd hate to just put an end to the project if someone were to move away. Right. And, uh, you know, our doors are open, too. But um, we uh, we started to look around and I'd have to tell you, it was very difficult to try and make connections at first. It was actually through Christine Schmidt, who books the local uh, she was an excellent help for us because she started to connect us to more of the Toronto fiddle scene, right? We're out in Holton Hills, which is not too far away from Toronto, but I don't often get to go there being busy with work and school and everything else. But she started to give us uh, some names and contacts and uh, Nathan came out to rehearse with us, which I felt was uh, you know a good sign that he felt interested in the music. And uh, once we rehearsed, it just kind of everything once again fell into place. I'd like to take a break with a, another tune from the album. You've selected Red River Jig. Uh, yes. Can you tell us anything about this tune? Yeah. Well, one of the most interesting facts about uh, the Red River Jig is that it's not a jig. It's a reel. Um, <laughs> and uh, everyone kind of plays it a little bit differently. So if you listen to different Métis fiddlers, everyone has their kind of different approaches or slightly different uh, variations of the melody, uh, melody but... Um, we kind of change it up a little bit too. It's a good example of what we say in Métis fiddle music is crooked time, right? So crooked time refers to 
tunes which are played with sort of uh, odd bar structures or you drop bars or play a different, you know, slightly different rhythms than what you would normally expect out of more square fiddle tunes. But for me, that's the part I love. It's sort of like a puzzle. It makes it interesting and fun. It can be a challenge to learn the tunes, but the crowd tends to really enjoy those ones. Let's listen to that just now. This is the Red River Ramblers with Red River Jig from their wonderful new album, Matey Fiddle Music. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. Red River Ramblers with Red River Jig from their new album. It's entitled Matey Fiddle Music. Douglas Richard Sinclair from the band is a special guest on Folk Roots Radio today, chatting about the band and the music. The new album is out. I think you had the release show just yesterday, didn't you? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about how that went. Oh, it was awesome. Uh, the, the excellent thing about the local is that there's a, a plugged in audience. Uh, people go there to listen to music. We were very well received. We got lots of applause. Uh, we sold quite a few CDs. The tip jug was moving around the room, and we, we did very well. Uh, and but you know, aside from any of the those financial aspects, I just very strongly appreciate the reception that we get. Sometimes you play gigs where you know you you might get a, a guarantee, but uh, you you know you might be in the background, or people not, might not be as engaged. Uh, but at the local. Each time that we've played there, we always have people that are interested, that come up to talk to us, uh, that tell us their stories. And that's the part I love the most. Uh, so I'm very grateful for the local for hosting us for our seed release party. And uh, we hope to play there again. So what happens now? I imagine that you're probably um, you know, getting some festival gigs. Is that right? Yeah, we're working on that. Yeah, we've got a few gigs lined up for uh, the winter, hopefully to play a lot more in the summer as well. Uh, we'll perform at a banjo fest in Guelph, and uh, we'll also, we also have a, uh, a maple syrup festival, which in my books goes uh, perfectly with Métis Fiddle. Yeah, we're looking forward to those and to playing more. We'd like to do some traveling across Canada if that opportunity comes our way, but uh, we've applied to a lot of the festivals at West, and hopefully 
find places where people will appreciate the music. Well, it's certainly it's the sort of music that's kind of perfect for festivals. You know, that yes. people can get up and and just enjoy the day. And you know, you've got the opportunity if you want to, you know, maybe move around a little bit. You can definitely do that because this is music that certainly encourages a good time. And that definitely, as far as I'm concerned, makes it perfect for festivals. As far as the music is concerned, eight tracks on this album. Obviously, that's not enough for you know your typical show. You're already pulling other tunes together to, that may end up on future albums? Yes, actually. We were talking about that while driving to the CD release. <laughs> and I already feel excited to record the next one. Uh, we do perform uh, three 45-minute sets of music. So we have maybe 30, 40-something odd tunes that we have memorized that we perform live. And uh, we're sort of arranging them and hashing them out, you know, continue. I, I'm a fan of the dialectic process. So I, you know, I believe that we should kind of let things breathe and move and play them live and try things. Uh, and then once we go through that process, then we would get to the point of recording. Uh, so kind of try and put the work in and, you know, test a song on an audience and see how they feel about it or what they like and how we feel about it. Right. And sort of let uh, the ideas flow for a while. And I was just wondering in the, the future, is there, you know, plan to, to maybe weave in some original tunes? I mean, is that Actually, something you're talking about? Yeah, that's a great question. Thanks, Jan. Uh, we, we act, I have composed one tune so far, and I do definitely intend to do that. Uh, we performed it uh, last night at the local, and uh, I, you know, I don't mean to sound uh, cocky about it, let's say, but uh, when we performed it, uh, the room went silent. Uh, I explained uh, a little bit of the history behind the tune and uh, why I chose the title. As soon as we started to play, the room kind of went uh, dead quiet. So I felt that that was a pretty good sign that uh, it's something that we should continue to do. No, that's great. We're going to finish with a couple of tunes that we've selected. What are we going to play? We're going to start off with uh, the Louis Riel reel. Uh, and then we will go into another tune titled uh, Chanson de la Gagnure. Uh, which is actually a, a tune that was composed by my fifth great-grandfather named Pierre Falcon after the Battle of Seven Oaks when the Métis were victorious over the Hudson's Bay Company. It's been great to, to talk to you today. This is the Red River Ramblers with two tunes, the Louis Riel Reel and Chanson de la Crinière from their great new album, Métis Fiddle Music. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. And Douglas, thanks for spending the time to talk to us today. Thank you very much, Jan. I greatly appreciate it.
a distant sunny shore of an island All the troubles of the world seem far away But here on the broken city streets of the island People work and live and love and struggle every day Or in the truthful way they have us speaking on the island You have too many kids already, don't make any more But love is love, love is love Love is love
come a long way And we're far from home That's the way it goes Do you see me At the end of the day I'll be waiting I'll be waiting We don't have to work so hard We don't have to go so far I know you'll find me in the dark I know you'll make me grow You make me feel at home If you feel me Just out of reach Won't you pull me back in I'll see if I can swim In the deep end With nothing under my feet I just might have to use you As my parachute We don't have to work so hard We don't have to go so far I know you'll find me in the dark I know you'll make me grow You make me feel at home That's Rumor Mill from Vancouver featuring Anna Katarina and Aline Daigle. And they're from Kootenai, BC, and that song is Home. And that's from their upcoming EP, Gone with the Wine. Before that, Artists for Peace and Justice featuring Jackson Brown with Love is Love. Now that song is from Let Rhythm Lead, the Haiti Song Summit Volume 1. A collaborative project of songwriters including Paul Bobran, Jenny Lewis, Jonathan Wilson, and more, with members of Haitian roots band Leku Misik. And that project is due at the end of January. Now you can check out our interview with the Red River Ramblers again on our website at folkrootsradio.com. And like all our episodes and interviews, you can also find them on demand on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn and Stitcher. And thanks again to all of our radio partners who help us bring Folk Roots Radio to you each week. 
We really appreciate their support. We'll leave you with San Francisco Bay Area troubadour singer-songwriter Forrest Sun with his latest single, Where Is My Home? Now, Forrest is producing some great singles at the moment. Definitely check them out online at forrestsun.com. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. We'll see you next time. Where is my home? A place of my own. I'm tired of the road. I want to go home. Where is my home? I just don't know. I want to go home. Where is my home? Every man needs a place With a little bit of space A roof and four walls For when the rain falls I want to put my roots down And take a walk to town People I know and stop and say hello. I've been traveling for so long. There must be somewhere I belong where my day is over and my work is done where do i go where is my home man say All I gotta do is pray And come judgment day In heaven I'll stay Right here, right now I'm wondering how Don't wanna wait till I'm dead to have a roof over my head I've been traveling for so long There must be some place I belong when my day is over and my work is done Where do I go? Where is my home? Where do I go? 
Where is my home? 